Hello and welcome back to the show. I'm Tom. Thank you for tuning in. For today's episode, we get to hear part one of my conversation with Chaz and Mario of Helicoastal Brewing Company out of Oakland, California. Uh, I met them when they did a beer release with Federation. Uh, if you remember my guest in round 29, Aram. Uh, so we've been trying to make it work since then to do this conversation uh, to get together and make it happen. And when we finally did, it went for quite a while. So this is going to be a two-part episode. Uh, these two guys are really awesome people. I'm glad finally got them on here. And I'm glad they're seeing success as Helicoastal starts taking off. Uh, as you will hear, uh, they even made a coconut beer with Federation that I enjoyed. And I fucking hate coconut in my beer. So that's a, a good sign for me. Uh, we're also going to talk about the beer scene in Oakland, which if you don't know, it's booming. Uh, if, you don't, if you're not in the area or, or know some of the breweries, I think you probably will pretty soon. In addition, we talk about what it means to them to be the only black-owned brewery in a city that has a lot of black history and heritage, uh, including things like the origins of the Black Panther Party. There's a lot of history in Oakland, and uh, so they talk about that, what that means to them. And on that note, if you haven't watched Judas and the Black Messiah, you should watch that. Uh, I think it's just on HBO, or if you have the subscription, but uh, it's a great movie, and it's important. Uh, anyway, the conversation we had was so good that even Chaz's dog tried to get in on it, so uh, when you hear us laughing somewhere around the 30-minute mark, that's what's going on. Uh, his dog tried to hop up in his lap. Okay, so I cut the interview at a point where we start to change gears a little bit, and we'll pick up with that next week. Uh, as This is just half of the interview. I hope you stay tuned because I didn't want to make this a super long episode. It would have been like an hour and a half, so... Uh, the first voice you hear after me is Chaz, and then Mario will come in a little bit later, just for reference as to who is who, and uh, on to the interview with Helicoastal. Well, let's start with uh, just the personal side for you guys, uh, how you got into beer, uh, what, uh, what led to the brand, um, really what started you guys all down this, this road. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off uh, with, this, with the jump point, but what got us into beer was, was this, you know, this, this, this juice that we all love. I mean, just the appreciation of our craft, um, you know, diversifying our palates and, and trying as much, as many different types of beers as possible. Um, and then eventually getting into the homebrew game, you know, wanting to kind of recreate some of our favorite uh flavors and recipes um just for the fun of it just just to see if we can do it just to you know uh do the science and and you know create something from nothing so for me personally um i started you know homebrewing like maybe 10 years ago this uh i was a lifeguard at the time actually and and one of my my co-workers uh actually put me onto it which was a female too which is another uh you know group that you know, isn't very represented in the, in the beer industry, but she was actually home brewing and, and, you know, uh, put me on to one of her, her red L's that she home brewed and, you know, told me about IPAs and all this, you know, so it really, it, it kind of just blew my mind. So I was like, all right, let me go to Oak Barrel out here in Berkeley. It's, it's a homebrew shop that's been around for maybe like 40, 50 years or something like that. Um, 
and and really just you know communicated with with Homer, um, another uh, African American who's who's big in the homebrew scene and and kind of like helped, uh, you know. I wouldn't say launch people's like uh, brewing careers, but definitely like gave them the game and and all the knowledge to to pursue it. Um, so yeah, started off off home brewing and and doing that, and then um, you know a uh, couple years later, and I'll let Mario jump in for this part, but maybe like actually probably like three years ago now, um, Mario was was getting into home brewing and and kind of like reawoken the the beast inside of me to to get back to it yeah it was um you know i, I think it was it was, it was kind of like even even to take it further back um I, I got like this this little home brew kit from like bed bath and beyond from for christmas it was like one of those little cheapy you know it was it was nice at the time it was you know it was extract um and uh I don't know. I just wanted to get my hand on it, and knowing that I I knew Chaz for for a long time now, um, like like twelve years. Yeah. And uh, I knew he was doing it, so my whole my whole focus was like, oh man, I know he's doing it. Hmm. Let me see if I can make some beer that we can just like kind of share and, and exchange with each other. See if we can do like a little internal brew off or something. I don't know. But um, the first beer that I made was this was this it was garbage, you know, it was this, it took like, I don't know, it took probably like a month or so for it to actually like carbonate. <laughs> and uh, it really didn't taste like much. So I did it that one time and then I put it, I put it away in the garage and never, never looked back to it. And then like what Chaz was saying about three years ago, it was, it was my, my son's school. They have this dad's club and uh, they have the PTA and the dad's club with the, with, with the dads, of course, they accept women too. But uh, it was really to get dads involved in in school and and uh, one way to uh, to 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 um, bridge those those gaps, you know, through through beer and then uh, also through barbecuing, but also doing it for the right reasons, you know, raising funds for for teachers um, and and for the students. So some of the money would go towards this Ed Fund, just this this fund to help uh, Oakland School District, um, uh, so some of the schools in the school district uh, to get some of the, the, the tools and, and supplies that they need um, for, uh, for classrooms and for some of the students. So, um, and then once, once I was <laughs> telling Chaz about it, he was like, hey man, hey, okay. That, 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 that sparked that, that it sparked, it sparked it again. And, and he always had this, this um, attention to detail and, um, and we both love to cook. So it just it, it it totally made sense for us to to uh, to start brewing because it's it, it they go hand in hand and um, it was probably uh, COVID uh, last year is really what ramped it up even more so even though we we're gonna do this already but um, really COVID is what um, gave us more quality time at home and really gave us the um, some some time to really think about what we needed to do to set up a plan B. Um, considering that everything was shut down and then we had this opportunity. Uh, unfortunate, but fortunate opportunity. Yeah. Also, I think, I think Mario, you might not have went in deep enough on what the dad's club actually does. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. What, what, <laughs> like you, lead, for... lead up to that big event that we had down at old can, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Drop, yeah. drop some more about all that. 
See, see, this is this is the perfect partner to have in this business, <laughs> man. He knows how to just like, hey, hold on, <laughs> you know, you're forgetting something. Um, yeah, but uh, what the Daz Club was doing was um, uh, they were trying to to get more schools involved, and what they were doing was they were introducing this this kind of like this concept, this broad concept, which was internally with just uh, the school that my son goes to. And then they started spreading it out to other schools and it went from, you know, one to two schools and then it spread out to five schools. And then uh, Chaz, he was, he was interested and was able to, to get into this brew off that was held at uh, Old Can, which was Old Linden Street Brewery uh, in Oakland. And, um, and yeah, he, he, he came through with, with some fire uh, beers, which, you know, it was like one of those things where, not only were the dads from the school that my son go to, like, oh man, is he gonna go to this school? <laughs> you know? Is his son gonna go to the school? Because he has a, a son that's uh, seven, uh, Tafari, uh, and then my son is uh, Joaquin. He's he's nine, and uh, I was trying to court him to come to to our school, <laughs> not only uh, uh, for the dads club, but only because it, you know, they're doing some good things. And uh, but yeah, that was that was one of the things that really sparked that 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 thing. Um, not only in Chaz, but in myself, that we both can like get this thing going to to be something bigger than just you know us enjoying beer, which which is community, but also bring community as a whole uh, with these dads. And um, yeah, that, that was awesome. Was okay. that good? And people, no, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, and and people liked our beer too, and that's yeah. when we realized like, yeah. okay, we're making this beer, and people are like really liking it. Like they were. You know, even though they got a, you know, unlimited pours from everybody else around us, they kept coming back, coming back to us. You know, they were like, oh, it's so, so good. It's not too bitter. It's like a light, refreshing, like IPA, but like West Coast, but not like super bitter. So it was just all positive feedback. Um, and, you know, Mario and I, just to go back, you know, a little, a little further, we were, you know, always had this entrepreneurial um you know, hustle about us. And we wanted to create a business together. And we were kind of like throwing different ideas around. And we were literally throwing ideas around while homebrewing one day, you know, we're like, oh, maybe this, maybe this. And then we're like, yo, like, we're sitting here brewing, we're having a great time. We're talking about doing a business together. Why don't we pursue like doing a brewery together? Like it's something we're passionate about. It doesn't feel like we're working. We want to do a business, like let's go in on this. Um, so that's really, I don't know the date when that happened, but I remember that moment and that, that yeah. was, you know, that was a very, uh, that was, that was that spark where we're just like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Um, yeah. Okay. So is that, <laughs> is that right then when, when Helicoastal kind of came to be like, did you have the brand and, uh, the idea for the brand and, uh, trying to launch it in Oakland and getting all of that started that all sprung from, the homebrewing, the just doing that creative process and, and all that. Um, so the name, I actually got the domain and the Instagram in like 2014. Um, Cause I wanted to do a, like a travel blog, you know, like a travel beer okay. traveling blog, like kind of going like along the coast, like, you know, San Diego up to, to Seattle, basically, you know, and just be like hella coastal. We go travel the whole coast, go to different breweries, kind of rate them, 
do interviews and, and things of that nature. Um, but that never really popped off, <laughs> you know, but had the name um, and everything and the domain and all that. So when, when, you know, we were trying to figure out like, what would the name be? I was like, yo, well, I already have this, this name, you know, which I think is pretty dope and it, and it fits into what we're trying to, trying to do, you know, so let's just use it. Hella Cole's doing it. And it just, you know, rolls off, rolls off the tongue and, you know, it, it fits in what we're, what we're trying to be like, you know, Bay life, coastal life, um, adding in, adding in that urban flair to it as well. And, um, you know, black owned, but we're not trying to be like, like when you see hella coastal, you're not like, oh, that's a black owned company, you know? And when you try our beer, you're not like, oh, that's a black owned company. You know, we want to make great beer, um, have a great vibe, you know, for, for everybody to feel welcome. And, you know, being black owned would be like that cherry on the top when you're like, oh, damn, and they're black owned, you know, so it makes some makes folks want to support even yeah. more at that point. Yeah, I, the the name Hella Coastal, I feel like that in itself, when I first heard of you guys, I think it was uh, uh, maybe a collaboration you guys had done, something like that. And uh, the name, I was like, I, I have a picture of that in my head already of like, it kind of, it kind of gives you this uh, this kind of feeling of like, I didn't know it was a black owned brewery and, but it's got this, I guess, kind of vibe to it and yeah, it, it fits. And for the domain name and it's, it's not easy to get a domain name. And then once you get it, uh, if you want to do something with it, you better hang on to it. Cause it's uh, as soon as you buy it, then if you lose it and try to rebuy it, they're going to charge you more for it. And so, yeah, I have a, I know about the uh, hanging on to a domain name for a while. Yeah. Uh, so for the uh, the production, uh, what's the plan? Are you guys, do you have like a production facility uh, in mind or a, like you want to open a tap room or is it, what is the plan for that? I think you guys said that you're going to start brewing through Federation. Yeah. Um, essentially uh, Federation, uh, we, we've had um, um, a, a brewery, um, a brewer, a female brewer. Um, uh, her name is Michelle from Origin Brewing. Uh, she she actually, uh, we were able to reach out to her and she gave us some good knowledge on on uh, starting a nano brewing system where she was able to successfully uh, set up in her, at her home. Um, she was able to do that in Richmond. And then that was like, some of our thought process was like, oh man, so maybe we can do like a nano brew system and, and, and build our brand up that way. And then um, uh, by us joining um, uh, the, the Brewers Guild um, and who reached out to us, uh, considering that we're, we'll slowly start to um, build this uh, because of Chad's visuals and, 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 the, and the production value and then also the, the quality of the beer. Uh, it just so happened that we were just at the right place at the right time. One time we were taking pictures um, around, uh, I think it was around June of last year. Uh, we was uh, at this park. We just got our merch, our Helicoastal merch, our mask. And, and Chaz was like, hey, man, let's let's take some pictures uh, so we can put it up on our IG site, on our, you know, get starting getting the website built. And we just so happened to be there at the same time where the East Bay Beer Runners uh, which we, I mean, I didn't really know about them 
uh, too much uh, until we we actually moved up from a section that was getting a little was getting a little too busy. So we got up at a at a higher vantage point to take better pictures, and then we seen a group of people, but we didn't really uh, see what that was about. But uh, just to make the long story short, um, uh, Federation. I'll, I'll get back to the story. Federation. They uh, they reached out to us, uh, and they just just open their doors or open arms. You know, like what 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 experience can we share with you guys? What what knowledge uh, can can we offer to you guys? Since you guys are up and coming, you're in Oakland. We're in Oakland. It just made sense for us to uh, to work with them, and um, and we ended up doing our first collaboration beer with them, uh, the Bomba Nights. So it makes total sense for us to to set up a a uh, not really it's kind of like a contract uh, brewing, but it's more or less a, a an alternating proprietorship agreement where we're able to utilize their space and and facilities to brew, and plus that keeps our bottom line really low, so we won't have to completely do a build out. And um, uh, as far as a tap room, you know that can always come uh, eventually down the line. But uh, it made total sense for us to to align ourselves up with Federation. They're they're dope guys, um, Arm, um, Manny, uh, the whole team, uh, Matt, and, and just, just that whole team is just that's been very open arm, welcoming, and we've gained a lot of knowledge uh, just through that that very short time span of uh, spending that time with them, um, which was uh, October when we started our first. Uh, uh, tippy bat to tippy dunk, I, I think, with them, and then we did the full scale um, production um, with them, which was okay. a, uh, I think it was a 15 barrel mm -hmm. uh, batch. December was a release. Yeah, December was a release. Yeah, so um, yeah, we 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 we're gonna be aligning ourselves with them when it comes to a brick and mortar uh, for now. Uh, when it comes to us doing our next uh production okay uh, of, yeah. of just pelicoastal beer okay i was i was just gonna say this is like basically what they allowed us to do was kind of fast track us getting our uh type 23 so we will yeah. be able to uh contract brew we'll be able to like hands-on brew like ourselves within their facility mm -hmm. um and you know they're just giving us the opportunity to like help us get to that point without, um, you know, having, having huge amounts of money because starting any business, you're going to need a lot of money. Getting a brick and mortar or brewery alone, you know, will cost you like a million dollars to build it out. Um, and then your, your rent and all that, like, that's why so many breweries kind of, you know, fail. Uh, and then there's always new ones popping up. So this way it allows us to, um, you know, really focus on the beer and not have to like stress about rent and and money and build the brand and you know build up those uh build up those accounts and eventually you know the goal would be you know next step would be to get like a tap room space um so we can still contract and ap through federation but as well as having our tap room um and then you know the ultimate goal would be to to build like a, a full brewing facility uh within oakland yeah and and Another thing I think that people don't think about with uh, with being able to use their space, I mean, yes, it's going to save a lot of money, which is probably the biggest factor for it. I mean, it's like you can't just 
even if you're working a full-time job, you're not, you're probably not going to have the money to do this on the side. It's, it's just so expensive. And, but also the time that it takes to get all those licenses, to get the build out, to get everything permitted and, and everything like that. It's, I mean, it's, it's not uncommon at all to hear a two or three year process to do that. And so the fact that you guys can get that license and not have to deal with the build out and, you know, cutting drains and getting city inspections and, you know, doing an electrical system and all that stuff's in place. That's, uh, I, th- I think there's gonna be a lot more places opening uh, kind of in that same vein where it's just a way more efficient way, I think, to launch a new brewery or a new brand or, uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. good, good on you guys for that. So I think you saved yourselves, uh, many headaches and sleepless nights. Yeah. We still have some sleepless nights, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, for, for the most part, I mean, you know, being sustainable is like also one of our goals, you know, is, is, is to um, not um, not to reinvent the wheel too much. You know, if the, if the system is already set up, then it'll be great for us to to uh, utilize a space um, and 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 do it to the potential where they have give us the flexibility to um, to do it the way we can do it, you know. Um, which was was kind of like how we set up all these uh, these contract um, under contract um, collaboration brewing um, agreements with with other breweries um, because they know how we are are moving and 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 that's one of the things that we we um, you know the surprise also pride ourselves in is being as sustainable as possible. Yeah, so you guys are pretty hands on. I mean, I think when people here contract brewing you think of like huge breweries that are you know have capacity or renting capacity and it's like okay well here's the recipe of the beer and so like the the you know the brand or the owner of the beer or the recipe is you know like go and check on it and okay yeah it you know this batch tastes right it's it's fermenting at you know the right rate or it's whatever dealing with just marketing side of it uh, you guys are, that's not, that's not the reality for you guys. You guys are very hands, hands on with it. You're not just handing off the recipe to Federation, for example, and just walking away and coming back in three weeks, right? You guys are actually doing the brewing and, and doing all that work. Yeah. Well, with current, well, currently with the collaborations, we're uh, both kind of developing the recipes together. Yeah. Um, but we are there especially with federation like that's you know especially since that's that's the place we want to to make our home um we're definitely hands-on with like the whole process um even as far as like doing a test batch first as well um on their one barrel system mm-hmm. um when it comes to the other collaborations i think it's it's pretty similar that you know between other breweries like the way their collaborations work is well, I don't think we're the same as like other collaborations because folks have told us like, wow, this collaboration has been more in depth than like any collaborations we've done so far, you know, because sometimes it'll be emailing a recipe over the other brewery would be like, yeah, that looks good to me. It's like, cool, we'll put your logo on the can collaboration, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, for us, it's been it's been definitely like, you know, brainstorming some concepts like, you know, telling them what kind of beers we're interested in making, what kind they want to do. 
um, you know, going talking about like the grain, the, uh, the bill, and and as well as the the hop profile and kind of what we're going like. One we're doing with Almanac is is pretty in depth as well, where we sniff through twelve variations of hops, trying to figure out like how we wanted to make this particular colch that we're going to work on. I was wondering yeah. what it is. There it is. Yeah, I wonder what style <laughs> that was going to be. Yep, yep. It's going to be a uh, a hoppy citrus colch colch yeah um so we're, we're going for like a uh like an orange juice colch-esque angle you know so we're gonna actually put like you know um i know my dog wants to <laughs> join the fun <laughs> um gonna put some yeah we're gonna put some oranges in in the in the fermentation as well um and also like the hops to kind of kind of complement that and it and and just to touch upon that too, it's almost like it's almost going to be a year uh, to when we did our first photo shoot. You know, I'm I'm taking the pictures with the Kolsch glasses, and and that one was actually a Kolsch, a citrus forward Kolsch. Uh, so it's almost like an anniversary beer. Uh, okay. And it's also going to be our biggest uh, batch that we've that we've ever done. So that's. Yeah, I saw the. Uh, <laughs> I was looking through the website earlier, and I saw those stangas on there, and. I was like, all right, that's not just the, you know, you got some shaker pints and threw your logo on it. There's, there's some more thought into that. So that's cool that it's kind of a, kind of going to come full circle in, in that time. That'll be cool. What are you? All right, come on. Just, just. That's your co-host right there. Go down. I, I do have to say about that, the Bomba Nights. Um, I, I hate coconut in my beer i hate coconut for like almost exclusively uh just all coconut but i had that beer and i was like all right this this is pretty good uh it was it wasn't like the like sunscreeny or like mai tai coconut like pre-mixed cocktail kind of thing uh that was uh i i did enjoy that beer um so where did that actually come from the uh it's costa it's Puerto Rican or Costa Rican inspired? Uh, Puerto Rican inspired. Okay. Um, it's, it's definitely, it was like a concept that uh, Chaz and I, we, you know, we bounced back and forth different concepts, but it just made sense. It was during the time of year and we just got finished uh, brewing exclusively for the East Bay Beer Runners. Uh, a Black is Beautiful, um, uh, considering the whole uh, so, what social unrest was going on then and 100% of the proceeds went to Campaign Zero for that one. So it just made sense for us to continue since um, Christmas is coming up, and um, and uh, my my wife she's Puerto Rican. Um, there's a lot of uh, Puerto Ricans in in our family, um, and uh, that's a holiday drink that they do every year. So um, it just made Keep sense for us to, to 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 do that. You know, that'll be our release beer, and plus it pays homage to some of the family members that we that uh, that was lost during that the time that would normally do Coquito every year. And then for them not to do it anymore, we're just kind of paying homage to, to them by by releasing this this uh, stout. Okay. Yeah, it was, I was, I think it was nice that it wasn't uh, just coming out with another IPA or pale ale, but uh, I figured there was more to the story than than just doing something a little different yeah, we were we were always like that, like Mario was saying, like every year, you know, we would drink on Coquito, 
all the time. And it was like, we've talked about it before. Like, how can we make this into like an actual beer, you know? And what type of beer would, would uh, you know, be able to handle like the complexity of all those flavors, you know? Um, you, got, you got cinnamon, you got vanilla. Um, there was uh, bits of rum and like oak flavors in there because we, we soaked some, some oak chips and rum and, and added that into the fermenter as well. Um, and then the, the coconut, you know, and um, we also uh, were Mario, technically. Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you had the air fryer. So Mario, hey, hey, we, we did it together, man. Hey. Hand toasted, hand toasted 100 pounds of coconut uh for that batch you know so that's probably why i didn't taste as like sunscreeny because you know it was some real like it was quality control human making it and we didn't use any extract or anything you know so um i think that made the difference and you know we were thinking of like possibly adding more like could it use more i think it could probably use like 200 pounds of, Mm. of coconut you know but it was nice for people like you you know who doesn't want all that coconut in their beer so it's very subtle like so once you let it warm up you know um to like 50 degrees that's when you really start to get that coconut flavor you know that's when it really starts to pop but um yeah so that's that's what we're kind of going for subtle subtle notes of the coquito because the coquito like if you drink that it's like super strong on rum super strong on cinnamon nutmeg coconut everything's in your face and i was like all right we just want like a splash of that profile into this beer um and stout was the best best style that could handle all that you know probably like a lager or a belgian and and then also make it approachable like like what chaz was saying you know it it, by you uh, you know saying that you enjoyed this one it also made it approachable to people that normally wouldn't drink beer period you know, there were some people that enjoyed the, this beer and said that I normally don't drink beer. And uh, this one I, I liked, you know, it wasn't too, um, this wasn't too in your face. Like, like you know, like how Coquito can, I mean, it's, it's smooth. It can sit you, it can sit you down, you know. <laughs> and uh, this one is, is just as smooth, it's just as dark, it's just as complex. And then, um, yeah, we just wanted to make sure that it reflects you know, reflects that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I, I could definitely drink more than one of those, um, which I was, I was literally drinking. I'm like, I don't hate this. I was expecting to hate to like taste the coconut and be like, all right, cool. I, you know, I tried their, the, this release beer and, uh, you know, like I'm here to support and then like, yeah, but I like, I'll, I'll look forward to the next one. I don't like coconut, but I, I, sincerely enjoyed that beer so uh i i i'll have to look for that next time it's around so talking about oakland as i don't think people think of oakland as a beer city uh right now like outside of the area um but there's there's really a lot going on uh people outside probably northern california and the the bay area i don't think are gonna name off a bunch of oakland breweries but there's a lot of good beer in the area between Oakland. Uh, Drake's is right there in San Leandro. Been around for uh, 30 plus years. Uh, Alameda has Faction. They've been around forever. Um, a lot of people know Almanac. Yeah. yeah. 
Berkeley has Trumer, uh, Fieldwork. Uh, there's there's a lot that I'm uh, not naming. Um, you know, Oakland, Temescal, and Ghost Town, and Federation, and a lot of places that are yeah yeah a lot of places that are I think making their name right now more outside the area. What how do we? I guess how does how do people find out about uh, the East Bay beer scene and you know Oakland is always kind of overshadowed by San Francisco and the Golden Gate Bridge and uh, how does how does Oakland kind of break free of that you want to start man? I, I mean I was just gonna say like you know it's I think uh, Oakland being you know what the third largest city in the Bay Area um, behind San Francisco you know there's San Jose San Francisco yeah. and, and Oakland um, I would personally say out of all of those, we probably have like the most culture, like out of all three mm-hmm. of those, we definitely have some of the best food, um, and the scenery, the weather, it's like perfect. Oakland is like the center of the Bay area. We have Lake Merritt that, you know, there's nothing like that damn near in the, the, the country, you know? Um, and I think it's just it's just the culture and the and the people and the vibe and the food is what's what kind of separates um, Oakland from from everywhere else. So when you come to Oakland and you go to a beer garden, it's going to be a completely different feeling than it would be in San Francisco. Um, you know, you're not going to personally. I feel like San Francisco is a little stuck up sometimes. You know, or, or a lot of the time, and a lot of the people who move there. When you go to a spot in Oakland you'll get that. That's because a lot of those people moved to Oakland, but still, there's still like actual people who, you know, were born and raised in Oakland, love Oakland, love the culture, are from here, and you're going to get a more diverse, um, just all around experience when you're out here. And, and kind of what we want to do is, is create an environment that's, that's specifically that, you know, specifically uh, inclusive, a place you can feel comfortable at, you can kick it you know listen to some rap music see the black panthers up on the wall you know um that's you know that's the space we want to have and and it would be dope if we have a view of the coast or you know the lake or what's it the the estuary down by brooklyn basin you know those are like some of the the dream locations that kind of fit with uh uh, you know our aesthetic and and what we what we want to present to folks yeah yeah and also, to, just to touch upon what, what Chad was saying too, is like, and also people who are, even if they're not from here, but they under they understand and embrace the culture, like how we move, like they can completely um, uh, understand how diverse it is and how um, how eclectic it is. And um, there, there's some people that that have been here just for a few years, and you couldn't tell because they embraced how Oakland is. And uh, there's a lot of people that that have moved from like you know from from various areas that don't you know they wanted to be exactly from where they came from and try to emulate that culture or however they grew up in, and that's just not how Oakland is you know so we we have some some people that that uh, know what Oakland is about and then they embraced it and have been complete allies you know if they're not from here they've been allies when it comes to uh being part of movements you know and and, and doing things to to help uh keep oakland as it is and and that's keeping it as diverse as it as it was and and try to keep it keep it going 
uh, and uh, the, the, I think the main thing is just to uh, to make sure that the reflection of what we want to put out is a, a, a direct reflection of where we grew up, and we want to keep that integrity going in, in that same manner. Yeah, I think San Francisco has, it's either like first or second highest rent in the country, and you know, there's, you, you lose a lot when, when you just have high rent and, you know, expensive, fancy high rises and, and all that. It, it really starts to, you really start to change what the city was or what it, you know, wherever it may be. Uh, there's been a lot of that in, in Brooklyn with like the, the new arena, the new Nets arena when they built that and, took a whole bunch of property and just kicked people out and it's yeah it's you you lose a lot when when it when you lose that the culture and the people uh it changes things a lot more than just uh more than just the price of rent yeah uh, and yeah, yeah i would dynamic yeah the whole yeah. dynamic changes right it's, it's... yeah i would i would agree with that uh uh san francisco versus oakland like i like i like san francisco and going to visit but oakland i feel like has a uh, it's a different vibe and it's, I feel much more relaxed and uh, not worried about just like getting hit by a car going through the crosswalk. And uh, it's, it's a, it's a different vibe. And, and that is all the way to, like you said, going to a beer garden or uh, you know, going to lunch or grabbing a beer or any of that stuff. I guess, uh, I guess I'm saying I like Oakland better than San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, we we love our we love our friends and uh, you know it's in San Francisco, but there's just that the vibe is just you know it's just it's a little different. Before, no one wanted to come here. You know, when the Warriors was losing, nobody wanted to really. They just they'll come and watch the game, but they weren't really coming over to to watch the games when they were losing. You know, so yeah, you know, when they started winning, then you know it was it was like the 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 place. You know, so. Yeah. Plus, we want to we want to make sure that, that that you know we can grow with the city too. You know that we don't yeah. we don't get left behind um, and not have a place that that you know that's for us. You know, like um, there's so much gentrification going on in Oakland, um, so much displacement. You know, people are moving further and further away. I mean, people are moving from here and, and going up to Sac. So you got you know Bay Area folks escaping the expensive rent down here, you know, and they're hopping on the Amtrak every day to come back to work. Um, so we want to make sure that, that we can create a space before, you know, we're priced out. Um, so, so that's definitely our, one of our goals too, you know, is to be part of the, the growth of the city and not get left behind. All right. So there's part one of the interview. Uh, next week is obviously part two. And uh, let me know what you think of the two shorter parts versus one longer episode. Uh, I personally prefer the longer episode, uh, even up to an hour and a half or so, but I know a lot of people don't want to listen for that long at a time. Uh, so let me know what you prefer. Um, yeah, just let me know your opinion on it and uh, keep that in mind going forward. Uh, I am here to serve you, after all, and I'll even pretend to like it. But seriously, thanks for listening. Uh, please go follow, subscribe, rate, comment, like, thumbs up, five stars, gold trophy, all that stuff on social media and podcast places. 
Uh, come back next week for the rest of this conversation. And in the meantime, you can check out Helicoastal's upcoming beer releases by following them on social media, uh, visiting helicoastal.com. Uh, I think they have some merch on there. And uh, yeah, they have a few things coming up pretty soon. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for those if you're in the area. Um, and yeah, in the meantime, uh, be nice to people, especially these days. Keep the social distancing and hand washing and all that. Uh, because right now, young people are really fucking up the vaccine progress by perpetuating the variants. So, uh, yeah, don't be an idiot. Get your shots if you haven't already, and be safe. Till next week, Sancho. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back.